I'm Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Privet, and this is the Reading Women podcast where we're reclaiming half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. And this is episode 31, where we're talking about mysterious women. Ooh. Did you like my mysterious voice? I did. It was very mysterious. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I feel like this is the perfect time of year to read mysteries. Yeah. Even though in the South, it doesn't ever get very cool. Um, no, we, it's like, it's like hot, slightly chilly. And that's it. The two seasons. <laughs> Basically, I'm still wearing shorts, but we won't talk about that. Anyway, I am so excited about this episode because as probably, hopefully people know, I love mysteries. <sighs> yes, this is Autumn's wheelhouse. She is the goddess of Southern literature and mysteries. <laughs> Which maybe tie together? I don't know. We won't get into it. Well, they might today. We, <laughs> we shall will. see. We will see. Anyway, what's the news this week? All of the awards. All of them. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. Like, I see all these people all commodernly like, I don't care about words. Words are so boring. But, you know, it doesn't... Yes, they're exciting. Of course they're exciting. You get to learn about books that you haven't heard about before. And you get to see, honestly, if your predictions are correct. And honestly, yes, that is why I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I want to see, like, does my taste really suck? Like, sometimes you have those days. But, you know what? These lists are quite validating. Well, I guess I'll start talking about the National Book Award. So when the National Book Award came out, I was really proud of them for having a great selection of books this year. And I also felt even better that I'd read most of them. Yeah, like <laughs> once in my life. There's like, what, six women on the list? Something like yes. nine? Something nine. like that. I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, yeah, and most of them we've tagged in some way. Either they're on our TBRs or most anticipated, or um, we have read them or are we currently reading them. The only one is Miss Burma by Charmaine Craig. I haven't read that one. Um, yeah, I haven't either. So, but I do have Manhattan Beach and A Kind of Freedom waiting for me. Oh, I liked A Kind of Freedom. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's not very long, though. I was surprised. No, it's not. It's very short. When they said family saga, you think like Pachinko, which... Which is a saga. And amazing. And I'm so happy that it may... I mean, it's it has to be one of my favorites this year. Well, and let's just stop for a second and say that in case you're new to the podcast, we have an interview with Min Jin Lee earlier this year, and you can find it in our archives, and maybe we'll put it on our homepage or something to make it easier to find. Um, but yeah, she's cool. I love her. I'm going to buy her a donut one day. We talked about it already. I'm glad you have this plan. Yeah, it's a plan. I feel like there's a best friend, best friend replacement plan happening right nope. under my nose. Nope. I can't have donuts, Autumn. I can't share this experience <laughs> with you. I'll get you something else. <laughs> I like meringues. How about that? Fair, fair. <laughs> anyway, so, back to books. <laughs> what's interesting is that um, Her Body and Other Parties uh, yes. and um, Sing and Buried Sing by our very own Jasmine Ward, very own, like we own her, um, <laughs> is both on the National Book Award long list and the Kirkus. Um, I think, is that the short list for the Kirkus? It says finalists. 
you they have all of their starred books across the year and that's what you have to have I believe to qualify to be a finalist and then they take all those starred books and then they pick finalists I think is how it works but I think that's right so because um, they are a review publication uh, the National Book Award Foundation, the Nerds NBA. So, yeah, I am very excited about it. And if you did not know, the National Book Awards is actually live-streamed, so you can watch it. It's like the book Oscars. I'm very excited that Whereas uh, by Laylee Long Soldier is from Grey Wolf Press has made the poetry long list. Um, I've been doing a poetry reading project this year, and it is the number one book on my post female contemporary whatever TBR that I've been working off of. Um, I am very excited to get to that one as well. And um, also some big names on the young people's literature for the National Book Award. It, like I said, it was a good list. In summary, it was a good list. And we forgot to mention that Annie Prue, who, if you listen to the podcast, you know that Kendra would not shut up about bark skins for a while there. It's so good. It's worth like the 700 pages. Um, And she also wrote The Shipping News and Brokeback Mountain. She's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award this year, which is pretty awesome. Very well deserved. Like, I have another one of her books sitting on my shelf. And yeah, I haven't read Shipping News, but it was made into a movie um, a while back that actually won, I believe, some award or something. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I'm very excited that she's won this because I was very disappointed last year when Barkskins didn't really win anything. So, alas, at least she won the, you know, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Vindication. So I think that's it for award season. Um, for, for this episode, anyway. For this episode, anyway. We will be back for another installment. We will obviously update you when the shortlist comes out, and then, yeah, we'll just keep talking about it, so stay tuned, per always. Which is a great segue into our first pick for Mysteries Month, which is actually yours, Kendra. It is. So I am very, 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 very excited for this book. So um, I wanted something a little different for mysteries. And so I asked around and Liberty actually said, well, why don't you read The Unquiet Dead? And I was like, sure, why not? So um, my first pick is The Unquiet Dead by Osman Zahanat Khan, and it's by Minotaur Books. And this is so different. So this is set in Toronto. And it's about a detective who is a Muslim man and his partner, Rachel Getty, who is this wonderful kick-butt character who is like, she is a hockey player and does all these different things. And so this particular book, it's a series, revolves around a man who falls off a cliff and they think it's a suicide. But when they're investigating it, they realize there might actually be foul play. Because, of course, dun, dun, dun. it's a mystery. We need sound effects on this show. We really do. Um, my editing skills, I'm not quite up that level. That's yeah, okay. I need, I need to Pokeball from that or something. Anyway, um, so <laughs> 90s nerd reference. Uh, so I uh, was really interested as I started this. And then, of course, you find out that the guy, um, he may not have been the nice guy that everyone makes him out to be. And he's actually might possibly be a war criminal from the Bosnian genocide. Yeah, I I knew nothing about the Bosnian genocide because I was very small when it all happened. I didn't 
you know, I don't remember much of that time anyway, let alone what was happening like a world away. So, um, but what's very interesting to me is as I was researching for the podcast, I found out that um, Osama Khan has a PhD in military rights law with a specialization in military intervention and war crimes in the Balkans. She is so cool, and I don't even know her. She is incredibly smart. I found an interview with her um, on YouTube, and she was just talking about all of the details that went on and she covers a lot of those historical events in the unquiet dead and i'm learning quickly that my favorite mysteries are ones that aren't necessarily as much about the mystery though that's an important part but about the story around the mystery and all the depth that is involved in that and you know having also a muslim a protagonist a detective even is very interesting because he's head of a special kind of like a diversity special task force. So if a certain community has a crime happen, he goes in and tries to make sure that the police have a sensitivity to that particular situation. Um, and so he faces a lot of pushback, a lot of people who think his job is pointless, like why do we need um, sensitivity for different cultures and um, racial backgrounds? And obviously this book shows that his job is much needed. Um so I really loved it. And in fact, immediately after I, I finished it, I, I got the next one and I finished it like a quick succession. <laughs> so I have the third one. So I'm holding out for that one. But it was it's really good. I need to read this. Yeah, you do. I thought you would. I know you particularly like um, Rachel because she's just so cool. <laughs> That's really cool. I I do. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I have them. So anytime. Okay. I'll see you in about three hours. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) If only we could have one of those, those, um, bank things where you stick the tube in the tube and then it like just jumps to the bank actual thing. I'm just going to get a book drone. That's what I'm going to (laughs) get. Oh, that would be cool. If only I could have Dylan carry things. That's true. But But he would get tired before he got out of your driveway. This is also true. <laughs> he doesn't like to carry things. <laughs> that is also problematic. He carries an apple like across the room, and he's like, "I'm tired." <laughs> At least he carries things. Anyhow, anyway, so that is the Unquiet Dead by Osman Zahanak Khan, and that that is out from Minotaur Books. So my first pick is Girl Waits with Gun by Amy Stewart, and this book is out by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. And <laughs> it's so hard to say. It is. <laughs> So you actually might know Amy Stewart from her nonfiction book, The Drunken Botanist, which I remember made the circuit, but I didn't realize she also wrote these books. So fun fact. Um, So this is the story of the Cop Sisters, K-O-P-P, and they are three sisters who live in, so they live in New Jersey and but they jet set back and forth to New York City all the time. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, so it is actually based off of a true story about a woman who was a sheriff in New Jersey in 1914 when stuff like this just wasn't even happening. And so I, there are so many things about this book that are spoilers that I don't really want to give away. But uh, the short of it is, is that the cop sisters are in town one day and they're horse and buggy and a black automobile runs into them and upturns their cart and hurts 
well, the girls get kind of scuffed up, and it's this man who is a son of a silk manufacturer, and he basically is a jerk, and (laughs) yeah. And so she, so Constance, the oldest sister, she goes to, she decides that she, he needs to pay for the damages, which was a whopping $25 in 1914. And so, I know. So she goes to the silk factory and is like, you need to pay for damages. And he's like, no, you ran into me and I'm not going to give you any money. You're just a dumb girl. And so that goes over well. Yeah, it doesn't go over well at all. So uh, basically she corners him in a wall and says, oh, yes, you will give me my money. And he doesn't. So she has to go to court to get the money from him. And that's when things really get interesting. Um, She makes friends with this police officer. And basically the story follows like, all of these things that happen to them and there's a secondary mystery about this missing baby and then there's all kinds of mysterious things surrounding the cop sisters and like why they live where they live and kind of like why it is that three women are living unprotected out in the middle of nowhere without a man to take care of them horrors Oh, horror of horrors. Yeah, so it's really fun. Like, I enjoyed this book, and it is very historical. So I, I felt like you learn a lot about kind of what's going on in this era, and it kind of humanizes them, too. And I love I love Norma. Like, yes. She is fantastic. <laughs> I do love Norma. I mean, I'm sure most people would say that Florette was their favorite because she's kind of I don't know, glamorous or maybe even Constance because she learns how to shoot a gun. Yeah, it's it is fun. And the cool part is like the title comes from an actual newspaper clipping. And so she researched it really well. And there's some cool things in it about like how Constance gives testimony in court later on in the book. And um, just how the news distorts what she says is really fascinating. Like it reflects a lot about what society thought about women at the time and especially like unmarried women. So it, it's a fun read and it's part of a series. So if you really enjoy this one, there's two other books that you can get too. Yeah. Yeah. The most recent one just came out. Let's see. The second one is lady cop makes trouble. And what is the most recent one? Miss Cops Midnight Confessions. Oh. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually already in line at my library to get this on audio, because I've been doing them all on audio, and their the audio is really great. So I read it, and I kind of tore through it, but it was fun. It was a really fun read, especially if you like more historical fiction. You might really enjoy this one. So that is Girl Waits with Gun by Amy Stewart. And my next pick is Little Deaths by Emma Flint, and this is out from Hachette. Uh, this was long listed for the Bailey's Women's Prize for Fiction, which is now just the Women's Prize for Fiction because they can, I guess, you know. I guess. Anyway, not confusing enough, formerly being the Orange Prize. Now they're formerly the Bailey's Prize. Just stop. Just I know, guys. guys. Move along. Just move along. <laughs> so anyway, so um, I picked Little Deaths because when I read it, I found it very disturbing. Um, and I originally saw this um, on the long list, and then I saw uh, one of my favorite books, Grammar, Samaya, um, posting about it. And I was like, oh, of course, you know, I... I need to read this. And so I did. And I was like, man, this is like Mad Men in book form. 
So this is set, this book is set in 1965 Queens, and Ruth finds one morning that her children are missing. So she thinks that her estranged husband um, has taken them, and he hasn't. And so they start looking for them, and um, they're in the middle of a divorce. And in 1965, of course, this is a huge deal. Anyway, so uh, what happens is that she starts looking for them, and then this police detective comes in, and he starts suspecting Ruth, and he is pretty sure that she did it. And so Ruth is an unreliable narrator, yes, but we begin to see that there are several different layers of patriarchy within the book, Um, and she even has sexist thoughts about herself. I remember Autumn, you were texting me about uh, texting me about female stink. Like it's a thing. Like she thinks of her body as a piece of meat almost. And there's mm-hmm. there's sections where she's putting on her makeup and different things, and she's doing it. And you kind of feel like she's putting on her walls um, to go out into the world and face this um, a man's world. Basically, um, it is. Oh my goodness, this book makes you so mad. <laughs> It does, and especially because she's only 26. I can't even believe that. I, I know. <laughs> like, she's only 26, and she has a, a what is it, a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Or are they four and five? I, they're, very, they're very small. They're not in school yet. But they're old enough for she was very young when she had these kids. So, anyway, so it's, it's yeah. You have, so what happens is that she's a single mom, so she works as a cocktail waitress. And so one of the things that we're going to talk about in our discussion episode, because obviously this is one of the ones that I, you know, we picked for our discussion episode, we're going to talk about the different types of sexism in the novel. And I've seen a lot of reviews that talk about how sexist they think the book is. But it's not actually the book that's sexist, it's portraying what life was like. Yes. Uh, back in 1965 and how sexist it was. Yes, you should feel appalled because it was appalling how they treated her and how um, some of the the foul language the men use about her and how entitled they feel to call her whatever she wants because she stepped out of line, quote-unquote. You can't see the air quotes. So, And then you begin to doubt Ruth. Like, did she take her kids? Like, what? What? What happened? And so, anyway, it's really good. Yeah, I was guessing all the way up until the end. It does. And you realize that not only has patriarchy infected the characters, but you're beginning to see it from the men's perspective. And that's just frightening, really. Yeah. And this book is also based off a true story, which I find horrifying. But Uh, we'll talk about that more next time, because obviously we have a ton to say about this book. Um, But that is Little Deaths by Emma Flint, and that's out from Hachette. And that brings us to our first sponsor of the month. And our sponsor this month is actually us. We're going to talk about our Patreon. So if you didn't know, uh, we are over on Patreon. And what you can do is, if you want to, you can go over and support us. We have several different levels, starting at $1, then there's $5, and you get like different insider goodies depending on your level. I really enjoy the Patreon because we've gotten to know a lot of wonderful people through, you know, our patrons. And one of the things that um, we do is I do um, a newsletter for our patrons. And this past month for September, I did poetry. I went through, I talked about my poetry reading project that I'm doing and my plans for it. And I 
spotlighted a bunch of different ones. Um, and so that's just a, a piece that we did just for our patrons. And it was a lot of fun. So if you want to see that, you can join. And I will be happy to send you past newsletters if you join now. Yeah. And like Kendra said, we really have gotten to know a lot of you, our listeners. And it's just been a great way to connect and share what we're reading. And we got a really great question the other day about how we felt about book clubs, which is something we don't really have time to talk about on the podcast. And I spent a very long time writing out a very long answer. And so, yeah, so we just love being able to like interact with you all. And then also it's a great way to get feedback and you also get to vote on things like upcoming episodes or recommend books or help us decide what we want to put in our bookstore or something like that. So it's just a great way to, you know, support the podcast and also get some cool insider information. It's pretty cool. It's cool. We have fun. (laughs) We do. So if you want to be one of our patrons, you can find a link. It'll be in our show notes and it'll also be on our website or you can just search on Patreon for the reading women. Yeah. And you're next. (laughs) I'm next. Okay. So my next pick is The Cutting Season by Attica Locke in this book. Well, this edition of the book is published by Harper. And oh my goodness. I love this book. So much. Co-signed. I love this book so much. So good. So early on in the book, we meet the main character, Karen. And Karen has, we quickly infer, has recently returned to a plantation called Belle V. And I say returned to because she grew up there. Her mom was the cook. And if you think that this book was, like, set in, like, antebellum the South, you're wrong because it's actually set, like in 2009, I think, something like that. So shortly after Katrina and shortly after Barack Obama was elected president. So it's very near contemporary setting. Um, So Karen is responsible for managing like all of the day-to-day things that happen at Bellevue, including like giving tours. And so she and her daughter live there and kind of take care of the plantation. Well, one morning they find a body out by the sugarcane fields, which are adjacent to the plantation. And the reason the book is called the cutting season is because it refers to the sugarcane cutting season. And so it is a migrant woman who works in the fields. Um, And basically, it just gets crazy from there. Yeah, I I found it so interesting that, you know, Karen's ancestors worked on the plantation even after, um, you know, slavery was abolished. You know, they stayed on the plantation. So her ancestors have always been on that plantation. And so she interacts with the plantation owners because they have a long history of their families together. I thought that dynamic was really interesting Um, and gave way to a lot of commentary about that situation, which I thought was very good. Yeah, it is just, it's a great setting. It's a setting that often doesn't happen quite this way in mysteries. And Karen is a great character and the things that happen are just incredible. I loved this book so much. And you might recognize Attica Locke. We mentioned, well, Liberty recommended her book, Bluebird, Bluebird, which just came out um, on our most anticipated reads episode. So after reading The Cutting Season, I am absolutely going to get in line for Bluebird, Bluebird because, oh my goodness, so good. It is. And I looked up like all of her reckless now. Yeah. So she's, she's basically amazing. <laughs> so read all the and things. And this is one of our discussion books for the next episode. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But that is The Cutting Season by Attica Locke. 
And my next pick is one of the magical unicorns of this podcast, and that is a book by a dude. What? This does not happen. This does not happen on The Reading Women. Um, But in case you missed the intro, which I often say too fast, it is books by or about women. And this book is about a woman. It's actually about a guy-girl duo which I thought was so interesting. And this is Jacoby by William Ritter, and this is from Algonquin Young Readers. So this is a YA book. Um, And I love this book so much because it makes me so happy on the inside. And on the outside, apparently, because I can't stop gushing about it. Nope, she can't. (laughs) So this is Sherlock Holmes meets Supernatural. So you have a British girl named Abigail Rook, and she goes to New England in 19... 1892, and there she finds employment with R.F. Jacoby, and R.F. Jacoby is like this detective, a kind of consultant person, basically Sherlock Holmes, only he can see supernatural things. He has the sight, and so he can see all of this stuff happening. And so you have all of that element, the fantasy element, meets Sherlock Holmes. And part of me thinks this is kind of a book that, you know, if Ottomanized tastes had a child, it would be this book because it's mystery and fantasy together. And oh my goodness, it's it's just really adorable. And the last book in the series just came out. It's called The Dire King. It's a quartet uh, series. And Abigail is just a fantastic protagonist. And I really loved how she and Jacoby aren't an item, which is nice for once. It is nice for once. I do think I would like this book. Yeah, they're really fun. I've been listening to them on audio, and they're a really fun read. Um, they're good for people of all young adult age, and I just recommend them all. And they're they're really they real they're really fast, but they all are kind of like one narrative. I often feel like even though it's a series, it's kind of like four parts to the same story. So you could just sit down and read it all, and it would just be a long novel that's really cool i also am always interested in retellings of sherlock holmes or maybe this wouldn't really fall under a retelling but when people i don't know i'm always interested to see how people retell the traditional sherlock holmes kind of story yeah and you know for a person who hasn't actually read sherlock holmes i really love sherlock holmes retellings (laughs) (laughs) i know i know it's okay one day one day autumn we are not going to have this conversation in public (laughs) So I, I really love Sherlock Holmes, so I love this book. And obviously, I mean, being a Winchester supernatural has to have some sort of place in my heart. So all of these things together uh, really work for this book. So congratulations on William Ritter being one of the first five dudes ever mentioned on this podcast. So, um, and that is Jacoby. <laughs> Okay, so my last pick is a book that most of you have probably heard of, and it is The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware, and it is published by Scout Press. You might know Ruth Ware from her other books, like her The Lying Game, I know got a lot of press this past summer, um, and her, her other book is also in A Dark, Dark Wood. And so The Woman in Cabin 10 is in the style of something like The Girl on the Train. Like, it very much has that kind of contemporary thriller kind of feel to it. And it is follows Lo Blacklock, who is a journalist, and she writes for a travel magazine. She's kind of down on her luck. And in the sense of, like, she's trying to get, like, become an editor and it's not really working out or something like that. And so she gets this chance to go on a 
luxury cruise ship with as part of like a press tour kind of deal. And it's not like as big as the Titanic, but it has the opulence of something like the t- Titanic. It starts out where like we're introduced to all the characters and kind of like, you know, it seems like a pretty great holiday at sea. Well, one night um, she hears what she thinks is like a woman screaming and being thrown overboard. So she runs out onto her deck and sees uh, what she thinks is a uh, like blood on the glass on her porch thing. And so the next, so she panics and she calls like the cabin or the ship's detective and they look around and they do a head count of the ship, but nobody is missing. Everyone is accounted for. And so basically what happens after that is something she like starts to question like whether or not she actually saw what she thought she saw. And it's actually a case of what I consider to be gaslighting. And gaslighting is one of my favorite things to find in books and movies. And I don't know why. It just is. <laughs> Probably because I saw the movie. Um, gaslighting is like people try, like someone thinks that they saw something. And then the people around them like deliberately manipulate that person in order to like make them doubt what they saw. And it comes from this night, like this really old movie, like a play and then a movie. And I've seen the movie and the movie's great. But anyway, so basically, like everyone is like trying to convince Lo that she didn't really see what she thought she saw. And she's like practically going crazy saying, no, I know I saw what I saw. And it, yeah, it's actually really good. Oh, is this is this what was like a quote was called a closed mystery? Like it has to be something on Oh, the, the people on the ship. A locked room mystery. Thank you. Yes. That was close. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it's it definitely falls into that category. So it's more like, I guess in that sense, it is more like, it feels like a thriller, but it reads like a mystery, if that makes any sense. That would be interesting. I've heard nothing but great things about Ruth Ware, and I actually just picked up In a Dark, Dark Wood um, and a Remainder Sale. So, yeah, we shall see. But I've heard great things about her stuff. I so I guess yeah, it's good. So definitely, you want to check out "The Woman in Cabin Ten by Ruth Ware. And that's it. That's all of our October mysterious women selections. So now it's time for to get a cup of hot chocolate and a cozy blanket and to read all of them <laughs> at the same time. No, don't read them all at the same time. <laughs> Migraine inducing. So what are you reading now, Hara? <laughs> So I am reading Goodbye Vitamin by Rachel Kong, and this book is out by Henry Holt. And it is about a woman who goes home to take care of her ailing father, and it has a really vibrant cover. And I've heard amazing things about this book. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading this one, too. I thought it was very interesting because he has Alzheimer's or something, and she didn't realize how bad it was. Eight. So what are you reading? I'm reading The Ninth Hour by Anne McFarlane. Um, this is out from FSG. And this was nominated for uh, as a finalist for the Curtis Prize, actually. Um, and I have had my eye on this for a long time. I've been waiting for it to come out. And I got my copy and then realized that, you know, it had been nominated. So that's always convenient. You know, two birds with one stone. So this book is about um, early 20th century Brooklyn about um, Irish Catholic Brooklyn in particular. So I read uh, Trees Grows in Brooklyn um, in grad school um, for fun. 
because like you do and I really really loved it and I've been wanting to like find something that feels similar to that book and I'm so I'm always interested in books about the Catholic Irish population in Brooklyn so Brooklyn yes everyone is on my list but I also thought that um, the ninth hour um, would be one of those so this starts out with a depressed young man setting his apartment on fire (laughs) Sorry, I know I'm laughing, but it's horrible. Um, but he sets his apartment on fire, and he leaves his pregnant wife alone. And so a nun takes her in, and so she's able to find a job at the convent um, and a place for her child. And it basically follows that story. And on the cover of the book, it looks like it's a snowfall in Brooklyn, but I actually think that it's ash from the burning building. So that's a really interesting photo picture. That is interesting. The actual book, how they made the book, is just beautiful. So really excited about that one. So that's it. That's all we have for this episode. Uh, Stay tuned for in two weeks. We are going to be having our discussion episode. Um, But until then... If you haven't already, we would love it if you would go into Apple Podcasts or whatever podcaster you have, um, rate or review us. We greatly appreciate it. It just gives us a little bump in um, their algorithms, and um, it also just makes our day. So you could just uh, you could also check out our newsletter. We're always featuring new books and uh, reviews and all sorts of things in the newsletter, and you can check that out um, in the show notes. And so that's our show. So as Kendra mentioned, you can join us in two weeks where we will be talking about the cutting season and little deaths. And in the meantime, you can find me, Autumn Privet, on Twitter and Instagram and other places at Autumn Privet. And you can find Kendra at KD Winchester. And thank you all so much for listening to the Reading Women podcast. And we will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>